Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. This is our first episode of Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm so glad you're here and joining me. And I'm hoping I get less and less awkward with time. I'm going to be honest, this is my third time recording this. And each time I get too nervous and then I decide to do something else instead. But I promised myself that it would be the day today that I was going to sit down and I was going to do it. So I'm glad you're here with me. And let's get started. I wanted to start off with a little bit of an introduction. I'm Malvika. I turned 22 years old yesterday, if you're listening to this on May 1st. I'm going to graduate college in two weeks. So I'm in a pretty transitory period of my life, which is bringing up all these feelings and thoughts. And if nothing else, I hope this podcast is a place for me to get all those out and kind of ground myself. Um... I am currently in Massachusetts. I'm going to be moving to Chicago in the fall to start my PhD, which I'm also very nervous about. That's going to be a recurring theme, but I'm also very excited. It's been my dream for so long now, and it's going to be coming to fruition. Um, I was born and brought up in California, the Bay Area to be exact. Um, I am Indian. I'm in daughter of two Indian immigrants, and I hope to really delve into that in several episodes in this podcast because I think that shapes up so much of who I am. Um, I'm a friend, daughter, student, engineer, writer, artist, creator, and now podcaster. And every one of those labels has taken years of building courage for me to claim. For a long time, I didn't consider myself a writer or an artist. I just never thought I was blank enough because in my mind, to be something is like saying to the world, I think I can. And that's a really scary thing to do because it means other people might look at you and say, well, I think you can't and you're stupid to think you could. And my whole life, I've been so anxious about seeming annoying or weird And I've convinced myself that if I could just beat everyone to the punch by judging myself mercilessly, then I would somehow escape the judgment from others. But how wrong and stupid is that? Because we are worthy of patience and gentleness from ourselves. And even if we weren't, withholding it certainly doesn't keep us safe from judgment. If I judge myself, it doesn't mean other people won't also judge me. So I felt like the only thing that was doing was keeping me from being truly myself and joining the spaces I really, really wanted to be a part of. I think a large part of growth is jumping into the unknown, and that's how you become the person you were meant to be. And today, I still don't know if I'm blank enough to be an artist, or a writer, or a podcaster for that matter. But I do know I am enough, period. So that's where I'm going to start. And I am learning to say, I think I can and fail, and maybe make ugly things, but still enjoy them, even if I feel wildly unworthy of it. 
because to imperfectly be and to imperfectly become seems far better than to perfectly be nothing at all. So this podcast is going to be the stories I collect, the lessons I learn, my growing pains, my self-discovery, my conversations with people I find wildly interesting. It's going to be brutally, unabashedly honest, and I'm going to be unapologetically myself. And I'm doing this for the journey. I'm doing this for the person younger Malvika always wanted to be. She always wanted to have a voice and be able to speak her thoughts and feel confident in her feelings. And this is for her. This is for 14-year-old Malvika who wanted to be all those things but didn't know how to be. I am doing this to remember why I do what I do when the days are long and my shoulders are heavy. And I'm really glad you guys are joining me for it. And I know this is scary and it's a little uncomfortable to just speak into the void, which a lot of conversations with me are really just rambling. So it's not that different. But to sit in a room alone and just speak into a microphone will take some getting used to for me. So I hope you guys approach this with a lot of grace and kindness and I'll do the same. And I've been thinking a lot about trying and failing at things lately because I applied to PhD programs last year and all the programs I fell in love with said they preferred master's students. And I applied anyway because I read somewhere that if you meet 60% of the qualifications for something, you should apply for it. And often women don't. There's several studies that show women do a lot of self-rejecting. So I was like, okay, for feminism, I'm going to apply. And it was so scary to apply because I was so scared of failing. And I would cry to my mom all the time about like, I've fallen in love with these PhD programs and I really want to get my doctorate. And if I'm not going to get it, it's going to be so embarrassing. And she was like, girl, it's not going to be embarrassing. First of all, not even that many people know you've applied, which was not true. I was like telling everyone. Um, And with a lot of love, she was like, you're so excited about this. Like, if you hadn't applied, you would always be like, oh, what if I had applied, right? And I was just so anxious. And like, there's something about it where I felt so embarrassed if I didn't get in places, which doesn't make any sense. But I was. And spoiler alert, I ended up getting into my dream program, which said they really wanted master's students to apply. And I'm an undergrad. But that was so huge for me. And I really would not have gotten it if I didn't just buckle down and apply. And I think that is a message I really want to spread because I think a lot of times we self-reject. We say like, we're not good enough and it's going to be so embarrassing to try and fail. And I do this thing, which I don't know if other people do, but if I try it something in front of people, like in front of my friends and I fail, I brush it off and I'm like, I didn't even care about that. Like that was a joke. Like I didn't even care. Like it's not that big of a deal. But here's the secret, right? Is like, I want to be good at things. And I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I brush it off like I don't care about things. Because I really do. And I think most people want to be good at things. But for some reason, that's embarrassing. And that's going to be my biggest goal over the next year is to try and fail unabashedly. Because we all do it. And if we all just were a lot more transparent about it, how great would that be? I don't know. That's what's been on my mind lately. Um... And I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about what I envision this podcast being, because I've been getting a lot of questions about that. And here's my honest to God answer. 50% of it is going to be selfish. 
I really believe your 20s are your selfish years and there's so much I want to learn and people I want to speak to. And the way I think about this is this is like this perfect platform for me to reach out to people and have these great conversations with them. I already have reached out to several of my favorite authors and psychologists and creators and I've scheduled these really exciting interviews with them because I want to learn about them and their journeys and their lives. I've reached out to several of my professors who I think are so badass and I want to record our conversations just for me to have 10 years down the line. With that being said, I really hope you guys also learn a thing or two or get something out of those conversations. And then the other 50% of this will be me just chatting with you guys about my life, giving you guys advice, because here's the thing, I love giving advice. I think it's so fun. And in a lot of other areas of my life, it would be unsolicited. But I get a lot of DMs from y'all, so I'm gonna wanna answer them. And I know I'm not that wise, and I'm only 22, so I don't know how much weight it'll all hold, but I'm very excited to answer questions. And so it's not going to be a completely advice-based podcast. I think there's a lot of other great ones out there. But here's where I'm going to be giving my two cents because it's my podcast. And and I think it'll be fun. And you don't have to take all the advice I give. I just think it'll be fun for me to give it. <laughs> um, so I thought it's our first episode. I'll start off with some questions. And one thing about the advice I give, <laughs> which my friends will vouch for, is if someone's asking for advice, I shoot them back a lot of questions for them to think about or journal on or things like that. Because a lot of times different people need different kinds of advice from themselves. And so I hope I can just like open up that path for you. Um, okay, so our, our first advice episode, this is kind of exciting. Okay, um, well, I got one really long DM, but I'm, I'm just going to summarize it. And it was this girl saying that her and her boyfriend broke up two months ago and she feels pretty over it, but now she thinks he's with someone else because they're posting a lot of photos together and she feels replaced. And she said, like, I really do think I'm over it. Like, I don't want to date him again, but I can't stop comparing myself to her and feeling replaced. And oh my God, have I been there. And I think a lot of us have. Like, I think it's such a common human emotion So first, if you feel any guilt or shame for it, remove those feelings. I know that's easier said than done, but this is just so normal. I promise you. Um, But I want to talk about feeling replaced because it's something I've struggled with a lot too. Um, But here is the thought pattern that's really helped me. Think about all the friends you have, right? You love them all, but they're all so different. And one thing happens and you want to tell one friend about it. Another thing happens and you want to tell another friend about it. There's one movie you want to watch with one friend, one song you want to dance to with another friend. They're all different and they're all special and you love them all so much. But you wouldn't trade one for the other because one has this one laugh that you love and one has this like really cute snort when they giggle and like they're just all different, right? So I think about it in terms of When you have relationships or partners, they all bring something different to your life and they're all special in their own way. And yet maybe he is doing some of the same things he did with you with her. The song Deja Vu is so good by Olivia Rodrigo, but um, maybe he's doing that a little bit, right? Um, Like they go to the same breakfast place or coffee shop, but she's never going to tell the same jokes you did. And she is probably really smart and brilliant and beautiful and all those things. 
but she's never going to be you. And I don't think it's cocky, but keep telling yourself this. No one is ever going to be you. Just objectively, factually, no one will ever bring to the table all the things you bring to the table in those same quantities. Your laugh, your sense of humor, your inside jokes with him, those all still exist. And he's still going to have those memories of you regardless of whether they're continuing or not. Those memories still exist. And, and I don't want this to be like heteronormative advice, put in whatever pronouns make you feel comforted and good, but he's not going to forget you just because there's someone else. I like to think that there's a certain song that plays in the car that still makes him think of you. And I don't know why this thought pattern helps me so much, but ever since I really internalized the fact that no one is me, just objectively, it's not a cocky thing, but really factually, I'm me and other girls are other girls. And we might have a lot of similar traits, but it doesn't make sense for me to compare myself to her because I'm me and she's her, right? Like, and that sounds so simple and stupid when I say it like that, but the more I've thought that and the more that's been the mantra I've told myself, it's really helped me. So I, I hope that brings you some solace as, as well. And I hope that helps, but I'm sending you so much love and I know it's a really hard thing, but you're going to find someone else soon too and I'm and I'm glad you acknowledge like I think I'm over him but this still hurts because that also takes a lot of courage so I'm I'm really proud of you okay my next question is one I really adore because I think about it all the time is wanting to feel beautiful a waste of time no (laughs) in the culture we live in so much focus is put on our beauty and and I know that can be a really tough thing. Um, I actually was going to do a little book club moment at the end of each episode, but now seems as good a time as any. The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf is an absolutely fantastic read, and I think it should be required reading for any femme, anyone who grew up thinking about their body or their beauty or the way they look and the way they appear. And... A lot of the book is very anti the beauty industry, anti-dieting, things like that. And I found it really important for myself to be deeply educated on how the beauty industry profits off our insecurities. And then with that being said, I still indulge, right? Like I still, I still like a good old Dior lip gloss and Fenty highlighter. What can I say? I do. Um... And I've taught myself to not feel guilt about that because at the end of the day, this is the culture we live in. And I really like getting ready in the mornings, putting on a little color, tracing the lines on my face that feel familiar. It feels meditative to me. And I wanted to give you some journaling prompts or thinking prompts about beauty. And I hope they really help you because This is what I ask myself all the time. And I'm not going to answer these questions for you. I hope you can do that for yourself. The first one is, can I recognize that beauty is constantly prescribed to me and expected of me? Number two, in knowing that, can I do away with the aspects of beauty that feel overwhelming, punishing, or unrealistic? Can I do away with the aspects that feel unfair or toxic or steeped in misogyny and lead me and like prevent me from leading a full life? 
And the third question I'm going to ask is, after weeding all that out, the unfair, the toxic, the misogynistic views, what makes you feel beautiful? Judgment-free question, right? And if you don't know the answer, that's okay. You get to bake your beauty cake from scratch. And you can mix in some profound, some performative, whatever makes you feel good. Some of the brainwash does stick, and I don't think fighting it forever is the healthiest. If things make you feel good and you've reclaimed them as your own, go you. I'm so, so proud of you. Some things that make me feel hot and sexy and beautiful are a glossy lip, gold hoops, when I'm having a really good curl day, when I straighten my hair, I feel I feel pretty. Um, when I go weightlifting and feel a little sweaty after, when I go on a run in the California sun, um, when I take a shower and exfoliate my body and then lather it up in moisturizer, um, when I, sometimes, this is really gross, pop a pimple, <laughs> like, it, it can be whatever it is to you, and I think that's the beauty of it all. Um, and I, I know we live in a culture where we're constantly talking about the way we look and all of that, but the beauty myth does a great job of deconstructing a lot of those ideas. And it was really helpful for me. So I hope, I hope you like it too. Um, and if any of you have questions about the beauty myth or have read it and want to chat about it, send me a DM. I would absolutely love to chat about it because I, oh my God, I highlighted like something on every page in that book. It really taught me so, so much. Okay, next question. Do you believe in the one? How do you know when you've found that person? Whew. Well, I'm a deeply mathematical person, so I do not believe in the one. And I honestly believe half the battle of finding love is drowning out all the things that the world tells us about love. Like, how could anyone else, any movie, any song, any tell-all interview dictate how we feel in our own bodies about a person. To be honest, to me, I have so many friend soulmates that I just don't believe there's the one for me romantically. And I think the one, you said, how do you know when you found that person? I honestly think relationships are work. I, I do. And for me, I would know when I found that person, when I find someone who the work is worth doing for and doing with. Um, I recently, not recently, it was a year ago, I read All About Love by Bell Hooks, which is going to be my book wreck one week, definitely. I think I'm going to do a whole episode about it. And in that book, Bell Hooks says, the word love is most often defined as a noun. Yet, the more astute theorists of love acknowledge that we should all believe love is used as a verb. And I think love is work. And I, I, I don't want that to sound like a negative thing. But I think work is love made visible. And I'm going to tell you all a story of when I feel very deeply loved. I live with six other people. So it's a little home of seven. And every Sunday at 7 p.m., we all come out of our rooms and we do sweet cleaning together. And we put on some loud, fiery music 
and we clean with and for each other. We all watch each other, clean our space. And for me, in that moment, I feel so loved. And, and not in a dirty way of like we're all, it's just acts of service. It's in a really nice, wholesome way. And at the end of it, we light a candle and we all sit down in our living room and just chat with each other. And in that moment, I feel a lot of love. But okay, anyways, to go back to the question, I think if it feels good, it feels good. And I think the standard of love in our culture is wild, right? It exists somewhere between like fairy tale fantasy and multiple orgasms. And I think you kind of have to throw away a lot of the things you know about the one and find someone who makes you feel stable and respected and loved. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. And our last question for the day. My routine is getting boring. I need something to help me feel jazzed up. Do you have tips? I think this question is really fun and a great one to end on. Um, my answer to this would be try learning something new, um, whether that's like some tutorial on YouTube for cooking something, a new workout, um, going to the ceramic studio, trying to like journal, learn something new that always helps me feel jazzed. I love making to-do lists for the week and then crossing things off. That makes me feel so good. It's like kind of like getting high. Like I love it. Um, I would say start drinking more water and getting enough sleep. You do not know the wonders that'll do for your body and for feeling jazzed. Um, I would reach out to someone you've been meaning to reach out to. Say like, hey, we should grab lunch or coffee. That'll be that'll be a great thing. I think anytime you have a friend crush, you just have to reach out to them or a romantic crush. Either one. Um, I would go on a walk on a new route you've never walked before. Maybe listen to a podcast. Maybe this podcast. Go get yourself a coffee or try a new drink or a new coffee shop. Um, host a game night. This is my favorite one. I'm going to make a whole episode on friendships and how I made most of my friends in college by hosting game nights. I think they're so fun. Such a great way to connect with people. Um, and my last one would be try a new hairstyle. I, I like doing this when I want to jazz up my look a little bit. I also recently learned, I don't know how I'm going to explain this on the pod, but if you want like braids in your hair without a hair tie, start braiding the top of, like take a really small strand of hair, start braiding the top of your hair and go down and you know how the other end catches? Don't untangle it and keep going, keep going, keep going till it's getting kind of tight and it's forming a reverse braid on like the bottom side and then flip it into itself, and you get, like, such a fun little braid. I have a video on my TikTok, um, if that's helpful, because <laughs> I don't know if I explained that well at all, but yeah, try a new hairstyle, and I hope these were helpful. I think even if you aren't bored of your routine, these could be fun to try, so please DM me with how you're liking this podcast, and I'm not the best, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not the really best at taking criticism, but I'm working on it, and I think this will be a really great way for me to work on it. So let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, um, what more you want to see on here. If there's other guests you want to see, I can I can make that happen. Um, if there's topics you want me to cover, I super can make that happen. So I'm really excited for you guys to reach out and I love connecting with you guys on all these platforms. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. 
And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.